This is JimPinto.com e-news number 315, the 19th of June 2013. This e-news is read by Jim's text-to-speech robot, Mac Jimbo, or Mac Jimbot, if you prefer. As usual, there are five items and three feedbacks in this issue of e-news. Item 1. Smartphone Slaves. When I went to visit my grandkids last year, I decided to buy them each an iPod Touch, smartphone without the phone and monthly bills. I've gotta tell you, I've never ever seen such ecstasy. They kept singing, I love grandpa, with several different refrains. Just as soon as we got back from the store, they had their gadgets running. The ten-year-old, already a budding teenager, had an email address and showed his seven-year-old sister how to sign up for a free one too. They could now send text messages via Wi-Fi whenever they were home, or at friends' homes, or at a hotspot. Within minutes we were video connected with FaceTime, which comes free, standard. By the weekend they were downloading apps, making and editing videos, and showing their grandpa how to do that. My daughter's one-year-old stays occupied with the shiny smartphone that keeps him entertained and actually teaches him something. Just letting him play teaches him. The touch interface doesn't need any demos. He's learning from the first moment. Now I'm wondering what kind of gadget to get him for his second birthday. Smartphones are everywhere in most developed countries. They've become ingrained in our lives. Most children are exposed from their birth. They'll grow up learning how to use this technology to make their lives better. These are the children of the future and they are here today. But now the flip side. The Time Magazine cover story, May 20th, 2013, called Today's Teens the Me, Me, Me Generation, Lazy, Self-Entitled, Shallow, Narcissistic and Self-Obsessed, the Worst of Any Generation Ever. For many people the servant has become the master. Now everybody is on call all the time. Hyperconnectivity exaggerates some of the most destabilizing trends in today's workplace. The merging of work and personal time, it's not good for mental health. Ultimately, to control the addiction it may be best to turn off your smartphone from time to time. Item 2 twilight of the scientific age. Science is in decline. After centuries of great achievements, fatigue has developed in our culture and many others. Our society is saturated with knowledge, with very little improvement in real happiness levels. Ideals are lost in the search. In 1996 scientific American columnist John Horgan published a book, the End of Science. He interviewed an impressive array of scientists and philosophers who were sharply divided over the prospects and possibilities of science. In every scientific arena there is always the search for more and better. What new principles, laws, processes or qualities need to be discovered? Spectacular new theories are rare events. Progress will be minimal. Perhaps the problem is because of the way in which modern science is organized. Mavericks do not do well in large organizations, which is what most science has become. So, are we in the twilight of science? But technological progress will not stop. 
Technology developments are funded because the search for smaller, better, cheaper will continue forever. Item 3. Progress Trap. A progress trap is the condition human societies experience when the progress they achieve introduces unforeseen problems. There are no resources to solve the problems, which prevents further progress and sometimes leads to collapse. Many people now feel that humans are inventing and developing their way to disaster. Surviving Progress is a new film with a grim view about where human civilization is headed. This 80-minute film, which I found on Netflix, melds together the environmental crises, the 2008 financial crash, poverty in developing countries, and the decline and fall of ancient empires which collapsed due to problems that afflict societies today, over-concentration of wealth at the top, and reckless and wasteful consumption of natural resources. These things remain unchecked and are worsening. Perhaps time and human nature will even the odds. People who are rich tend to become unmotivated and lazy, which is a natural leveling mechanism over a couple of generations. This applies to any culture anywhere in the world, and the process is even faster today. Time and human nature have other ways to change the game too. The populations in rich countries tend to decline at faster rates through education and birth control while poor countries multiply faster. So, how will our present societies survive progress? Item 4. Pursuit of Happiness. The American Declaration of Independence proclaims that life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness are unalienable rights. Happiness is a mental or emotional state of well-being characterized by positive or pleasant emotions ranging from contentment to intense joy. Clearly, happiness is not something that's related to wealth. Indeed we all have met unhappy rich people. Many people have remarked about how they have seen happy poor people. I have, many times. We all have a happiness set point, partly encoded in our genes. If something good happens, our sense of happiness rises. If something bad happens, it falls. But either way, our mood creeps back to the set point because of a powerful phenomenon referred to as hedonic adaptation, getting used to it. It's true that money can't buy happiness, but it can buy many necessary conditions of happiness, food, shelter, medicine, security. Our modern age has achieved a level of material resources that should allow almost everyone to meet these conditions. Gross National Happiness GNH, is a term coined by the country of Bhutan in the 1970s. The concept implies that sustainable development should take a holistic approach and give equal importance to non-economic aspects of well-being. America, home to the smiley face and the happy meal, faces the paradox that money cannot buy happiness. U.S. wealth per capita has soared in recent decades, but Gallup and other surveys suggest that Americans are not any happier. The U.S. is number 11 on the list of the world's happiest countries. Hey, are you happy? Item 5. Charity. Where does it begin? And end? What exactly is charity? Is it an obligation, or does it stem from guilt? How much should we give and to who? And, who?
who dictates the parameters, religion, society, family, relatives, country club, should we heed the pleas, or simply keep up with the Joneses? Before you donate to any specific charity organization, you should know exactly how much of your donation is actually distributed to the needy. Ask your favorite charity for that percentage. The Center for Investigative Reporting recently partnered with Tampa Bay Times to conduct a year-long investigation using state and federal records to identify America's worst charities. They have published a list of 50 worst charities. Some give only 4% of donations to direct aid. Some give even less. Many of the 50 worst charities lied to donors about where their money goes. The organizers took multiple salaries secretly pay themselves consulting fees or arrange fundraising contracts with friends. To disguise the paltry amounts that reach those in need, accounting tricks were used to inflate the value of disbursements. Lots of charitable dollars, especially from the wealthy, who have the most to donate, are going to operas, art museums, symphonies, and theaters where they spend much of their leisure time. These aren't really charitable contributions. They're more like investments in the lifestyles the wealthy already enjoy. Charity is something that comes from within. I have come to the conclusion that charity is only charity when you give goods, services or money without personal gain, benefit or recognition of any kind. True charity is anonymous. It begins and ends within yourself. As usual, there were three feedbacks in this issue of A News. Feedback 1. Gary Mitchell has a few thoughts on the decline of corporate IT. Gary writes, It's easy to forget that IT leaders brought in great productivity-enhancing tools, but also from the old mainframe ideas, they brought in enterprise planning applications that forced companies to fit their business practices to fit the application. Martin Ford foresaw in his book, Lights in the Tunnel, that automation will cause the elimination of many IT jobs. The shift to the cloud moves some of these jobs from client companies to service provider companies. But other jobs will also be eliminated in the shift. Interesting about manufacturing IT. They brought in MES level applications, and then upper management figured they had done their job and laid them all off. Departments come and go, but essential functions survive. Feedback 2. Thomas Nauer comments on Cullen Langford's complaints. In today's climate, with more falsehoods published than truths, fierce partisanship and an ignorant citizenry, Thomas writes, This was a false, partisan and ignorant statement when half of the population believes that not only does the government owe them a living but must continue to do so. Solving the problem is not helped by inflammatory statements from the left or right. It's solved by listening to the other side, getting the facts, and building a consensus based on mutual respect. Let's start by turning off Fox News and MSNBC and talking to each other. Feedback 3 Michael Marullo agreed with pretty much everything Steve Ward said about the sorry state of our government and governance, except his conclusion, says Mike. The formula for fixing the mess we have today in Washington is actually very straightforward. 
Eliminating each item leads to the next. Eliminate career politicians with term limits, which eliminate political power brokers, which eliminates lobbyists, which eliminates the incentives for politicians to get rich in office, which eliminates expensive campaigns. After this, regular people from all walks of life will once again step up to serve their country. At that point, we return to a government of the people, by the people and for the people accompanied by honest and civilized discourse that will move our country forward again. Well, that's this issue of e-news. Please send us your feedback. Send your email to jim at jimpinto.com. Thank you for listening.